Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, episode number 38, I think it is Face Off. I'm Gav. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. I'm Alex. And I'm Austin. Hello, yes. And just like Nicolas Cage and every part that's offered to him, you just can't turn us down. <laughs> you know what? Fuck you guys. It's hard. It's hard to do this every week. Um, okay, so if you've never heard the show before, basically we take a film and we put it on trial. But it's not just that. We've got a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans lined up for you, including quizzes, some bad impressions, some biffy songs, and lots and lots of banter. But before then, let's have a little bit of news, eh? Why? <laughs> it, it's in Face Off. Oh, obviously, you haven't watched Face Off. You're supposed to be the bloody prosecution. <laughs> it's, it's in Face Off and in a lot of other John Woo films as well. I think he used it a couple of times. Oh, there we go. Dave's trivia of the week. <laughs> Top probably, that. probably better than Brucey's trivia later. <laughs> Top that, Brucey. So, um, so what we do here is we all go around in a circle and we just basically talk about noteworthy topics that have happened this week. Uh, and we are doing this the day after the Oscars. And I think everybody's news was about the Oscars. So without further hesitation, let's talk about those Oscars. <laughs> Dave, would you like to kick off proceedings here? Yeah, I'll kick off. I think one of the uh, the biggest moments that we're all in agreement we're particularly delighted with, Jordan Peele yeah. is now an Oscar-winning screenwriter. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Fantastic. We're all a big fan of Get Out, I think. And, uh, and yeah, it's just great to see. You know, he seems like a nice guy. And it's, for a debut film as well, it's particularly impressive. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, was a, it was a great original screenplay as well. So I think, you know, it deserves that Oscar. It put a different spin on the word original. Normally, yeah. it means, you know, not taking it from another source. But this was genuinely one of the most original scripts. Definitely. Certainly at the Oscars, probably in Hollywood for some time. Um, so what do you think about uh, Shape of Water winning Best Film then? Um, you know, I'll, I'll go with it. I, I like Shape of Water. I thought it was very divisive. I, I saw quite a few of the Oscar films on the run-up to the actual awards. That's the only one where I saw about half the audience walk out and leave at various points during really? the film. Yeah, wow. really. I so, thought it was fucking yeah, garbage. You see, you see, even though I enjoyed no it... No explosions. <laughs> Joel didn't enjoy it. Even though I enjoyed it, I thought it was a bit too divisive. I would never have picked it to win Best Picture in a million years. I'm, I'm quite pleased that it has done, but never would have thought, seen that coming. Alex, uh, you, have, you haven't seen it, have you? I haven't seen it, to be honest. I haven't seen a lot of the Oscar films this year, to be honest. I'm a bit useless here, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm interested. I know you love it. What did you like about it? Uh, the Shape of Water? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I thought it was just very beautifully filmed, so I'm very glad that Guillermo del Toro won the Best, direction, uh, best Director for it. Uh, I, I just thought it was a really original screenplay. Once again, like um, Get Out, I thought it was a really original story, brilliantly acted as well, and it was very, very well filmed. Uh, and I'm just glad that both Get Out and um, The Shape of Water walked away with some big prizes because they really deserved it. It literally blows my mind that that one, let alone was nominated wow. to be honest after you watching hated it, it, that like much. it but yeah well, like what, what, it, what was better what was better than uh, than the shape of water from what's nominated to be honest not a great deal but i've said it before the oscars you make a certain film and you get an oscar nomination that's just how it is normally that would be true yeah. i think this year or, it did stray away from the uh, the norm exactly with get out and the shape of water those are two films that i would never have originally said they're going to be nominated for oscars so I think that the Academy is, is doing something different this year by actually recognising creativity and originality. By I don't massively think so. I think Get Out, maybe, but that deals with kind of racial issues and Shape of Water. Again, it deals with the, the main character is uh, a mute. And I don't think that is that different from the stuff that's normally in the Oscars, to be honest. I'd say The Shape of Water against like My Left Foot, you know, it's a, a bit different, you know, it's because this is more like a, a fantasy film and fantasy films don't tend to be nominated. I mean, the last one that I can think of was Lord of the Rings 2 or 3, was it? Uh, the third one, they actually gave it some awards yeah, yeah. After, after ignoring the previous two films. Yeah. But, but since then, I can't think of, of any fantasy films that have been nominated for Best Picture. And even then, when I remember when Lord of the Rings was nominated, I was like, really? You know, because it was so out there. It's not like the, the, the normal type of film that they would nominate. And Get Out as well, you know, it's a, it's a film by... Yeah, it could be called a horror Get Out, yeah. which is normally yeah, like, do, yeah. and won't ever go anywhere near an Oscar. So yeah. I think I think Silence of the Lambs is the only horror film I can think of that that won Best Picture, and that, that could be considered a thriller as well, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, the same with uh, with Gout, I suppose. So, um, what do uh, Alex? You are a massive fan of. Uh, you keep on pointing at me. I've no idea what you want, but I was, <laughs> was going to make. I was going to ask Dave something actually because Dave had a really good. He had a good bit of trivia before, weren't you? Saying something about like Mexican directors have been cleaning up at the Oscars. A little bit. Yeah, someone pointed this out to me. I saw it on BBC News before. The last five winners of Best Director at the Oscars have been. Uh, from Mexico. I mean, two of those people were Alejandro Iñárritu, but still, <laughs> Alfonso Cuaron won for Gravity, Iñárritu won for Birdman, and then for Revenant. Yep. And and you had the director of La La Land, Damien Chazelle, I think his name was, kind of in the middle, but now Del Toro, which is kind of the big three of Mexican cinema. So it's no, nice. They, it's nice they've all got something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, it's sort of like, you know, before you said that, I just hadn't put all the pieces together and realised Mexican directors are doing really, really well. Until I saw it in a news article, I hadn't clicked on it either, but it's it's an impressive statistic when you think about it. Oh yeah, definitely. And it just goes to show that that Mexican directors, I suppose, um, directors of all um, nationalities maybe, uh, getting a bigger platform because I think it, it, it used to be you know, a few years ago always the case that it was just predominantly uh, owned by um, American directors. True, but like I said, Catherine Bigelow is the last American to win it. Exactly. Up, up before then, Mexican or otherwise, there's not been any Americans. 2010, I believe so. Yeah, around then. Yeah, and um, yeah. Hopefully, it's it's going to be start making strides with female directors um, because I mean it's so um, I've forgotten the lady's name now. Uh, Catherine Bigelow or no, Greta Gerwig? Uh, that was it. Greta Gerwig was the first uh, female director nominated since Bigelow eight, eight years ago. And then before then, I can't even think of the last person who was nominated before Bigelow. I think we're going to struggle, to be honest with you, to think of someone. It's, uh, yeah, it's a tricky one. But it was probably Catherine Bigelow again for something yeah. else. But well, it's, um, it, it's, it's, you know, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. And Jimmy Kimmel actually mentioned it in his uh, opening monologue about it. I think there's only 11% of uh, films that are directed are by uh, female directors. So... Um, yeah, it just goes to show that maybe there might be a bit of a change with regards to who is is directing um, films these days and what mm. platforms they're being given. And hopefully, it gives us a bigger variety of films that we're watching. Ozzy, have you seen any of these films? Uh, I've seen lots of Oscars for nominations for this year, Shit. but none of the big ones. Oh, oh, all right, okay. <laughs> So, so what about um, main performances then? So, best actor, best actress, supporting actor, supporting actress. Uh, did the right people win? I think so. Uh, I've not seen I, Tonya, and I don't know if anyone in the room has yet. Obviously, Alison Janney won Best Supporting Actress, but uh, from what I gather, it was a great performance. I haven't seen it myself, though. I haven't seen it. I, I'm going to see it this week, I think. She looks absolutely incredible in that trailer. I, I, I know we had a little chat about this before, but I was a bit... I thought Gary Oldman was going to win. I haven't seen The Darkest Hour, but I was a bit like, well, you know, someone's just put a third, you know, a second chin on him. <laughs> and, he's, and he's done a Churchill impression and then he's got the Oscar there it's a was like, a lot you know, more to it than that I, yeah, have, I saying, have seen Darkest yeah. Hour and his performance was fantastic it really was brilliant yeah I, I just think that maybe well, I've said this before that it just tends to be a lot like the best actor award is just for the, like, the person who does the best impression so it's less about you know a, a sort of real raw performance showing a variety of different emotions but more or less uh, who can do a better impression of Winston Churchill or whoever you know so as soon as I saw that Gary Oldman was nominated, I was like, right, it's going to be him because the Academy loves uh, biopics of old white British men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, 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 yeah. I mean, I think that you know he he deserves uh, an Oscar because uh, it's it's been a long time coming. But I don't know necessarily for that performance. Although, admittedly, I haven't watched all of it. I only watched half of it. You know, it was all right. Why half? Uh, because I was watching a legitimate legal copy <laughs> and oh I turned off halfway through. Oh, right, I see. <laughs> yeah. Read between the lines there. <laughs> well, as, as the person in the room that has seen Darkest Hour, I can say it, it, it is deserved in my opinion. All right, mate, get off your high horse. <laughs> I, I will not. I'm staying up here until I, people listen I, to I, me. I, I'm glad, again, I, I mean, we haven't, I haven't seen this film, so I'm pretty used to it, but I love Sam Rockwell. I absolutely love Sam Rockwell and I'm so glad he got an Oscar. I'm I have so, seen so Three happy. Billboards and I'm, I wasn't even the biggest fan of Sam Rockwell. I told you this before. This film has won me over. He yeah. was fantastic. So was Francis McDormand, of course, who won Best Leading Actress. But yeah, they were both fantastic. I'd, I'd say McDormand was just incredible in that performance. Just honestly, so, so, so captivating. Uh, I, I could watch her in that before. I could watch her in that role in any film ever. <laughs> if she just keeps on playing that role, if she does a Nicolas Cage and decides to just kind of stick with one uh, ca- character and 
portray them in every single film. I think you're finding this film we're doing tonight, he plays two characters. (laughs) 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 We'll discuss that. We'll go into that later. But uh, but yeah, Sam Rockwell also was really, really good in that. Um, I've loved Sam Rockwell. What was Woody Harrelson like in it? He was great as well, but it's just that his his, uh, screen time was a bit limited um, and he wasn't given as much emotional range as Sam Rockwell was. Exactly so. He was very good though. He deserved the nomination, but Rockwell just edged him. But it is one for you. Go back and watch the highlights. So I didn't stay up and watch it, but I watched the highlights today. And every single highlight, every time the camera pans to Woody Harrelson, he just looks like he's having the time of his life, honestly. (laughs) He's got the same face on like even when he loses he's just like kind of he's just got this face like he's just he's, he's like a, a boy in a sweet shop it's a, it's amazing to see but uh, joel you, you watched uh three billboards didn't you what do you think of me um i, I like the film and then it just ended and <laughs> that's li- that's literally how i would sum up that film like it just feels completely unfinished but i did like yeah. all, i did like all the performances it just kind of ruined the whole thing for me that I I left you know kind of feeling like that and I think I've said it before actually on this on this podcast I was watching it with my girlfriend and she was like if this ends now I'm you know walking out the room and she wasn't happy with the way it ended either um but yeah like it's a decent film and like obviously I think she deserved the Oscar but I think I've said it before again but the Oscars are just numbingly dull for me they're just based on kind of certain films that fill certain certain criteria and everything else is just overlooked and just pushed to one side i would often say that's true and i think in some years you can look at how political it is and you could almost be like wow that's really clear and obvious how how they were going to do yeah that's the way it was going to go but i thought this year actually was a little bit different and i, I don't know i i, I thought it was pretty fairly for I'd say some of the yeah. nominations were definitely different. Like Daniel Kaluuya, um, yeah. uh, Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. Uh, oh, um, I really want to see Call Me By Your Name. I've heard that's incredible. Bruce, can you do us a favour, man? If you haven't seen the film, just don't, uh, <laughs> don't comment. <laughs> I haven't seen any of these films, but uh, I really want to see them. No, uh, to, uh, to be honest, uh, I, I have watched a little bit of that film again. Um, legitimate <laughs> copy. I just, yeah, I just need to, I don't know, love Stop film. Stop switching off films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but that, that that seemed really good as well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I think this year has been a bit different with the nominations and the winners as well in, in some regards. Um, but, you know, I do think there's still a long way to go um, because what what I don't want is it to be like sort of next year, it just reverts back to, oh, here's some... I don't think it will. I really don't think it will. I think I there's momentum think now. I hope so, but I think there's momentum. Okay, so out of out of 10, what would you give the Oscars this year? Alex? Uh, I haven't seen the films, didn't see the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, right. Well, what did you that. think of Jimmy Kimmel? Did you, did you watch some of the highlights? I watched some highlights today. Yeah, I did. Well, how well. did you think he did? I thought he did a good I job. Did. I, I thought he did a good. really good job. He, he basically shot every elephant in the room in his opening monologue, but did it in, in a pretty good fashion. I thought he was he was funny without being offensive. He didn't yeah. do, he didn't do a Seth MacFarlane basically, which was all good. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I really like Jimmy Kimmel to be honest, and I think he did a really good job. And as Dave said, he kind of he yeah he, he picked his targets right at the very beginning. Uh, he got rid of all the kind of um, you know all the issues from from last year's Oscars as well. Yeah. I thought it was really good how they invited Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty back again to do the exact same role. <laughs> uh, I thought that was really good. Uh, you know, I like the whole jet ski thing that they had running throughout. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was he good. gave a good yeah. performance to be honest. Um, but enough about the Oscars. Uh, somebody who wasn't at the Oscars, uh, which and just should goes, have been, yeah, who should have been. <laughs> it just goes to show you how how long uh, away the Oscars have got to go. To be honest, is uh, is the Rock, obviously. <laughs> so I thought that we could once again continue our running theme of uh, the Rock news. What's the Rock been up to? In our new segment, we like to call "Can you smell what the Rock is cooking." <laughs> <laughs> shit man uh, you know I did all in my head that was going to go perfectly but it, it was close, it was anyway, close. Go on. so Austin what has The Rock been up to this week The Rock uh, happily accepted a Razzie for uh, Baywatch oh, and he man. had a great good speech man. yeah he just talked about that the movie was so bad it's going to be um, you know you've made another category special category for it so rotten that you guys have all fallen in love with it and um, so yeah he was made up he's, uh, he said this is like having a shit sandwich that's so bad 
that you actually start to like it. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so well in to Dwayne Johnson. He actually turned up to accept it. He turned up to accept it, and he was... Yeah, braised it. Yeah, he did it. Good for him. Yeah, Yeah, there's only a small amount of people who actually do turn up to the Razzies. I think the last one was Halle Berry. She Uh, certainly did, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's... What what did you get? Catwoman. Catwoman. (laughs) And every every film since. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. no. I'm just just glad that somebody else uh, won other than Adam Sandler this year. (laughs) He seems to be nominated he's, every year. He's in so many films. It's, uh... it's, it's very hard, isn't it? He should have his own category of uh, like which was the worst Adam Sandler film this year. I swear him and Eddie Murphy are just trying to rack up nominations at the Razzies at the moment. Um, so uh, anything anything else on The Rock there, Ozzy? Uh, no, that's all I've got this week. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> Like that. <laughs> love it. Love it. <laughs> uh, uh, bonus point if anybody can tell me the name of The Rock's theme from WWF. No. Nah. Right. Is it not just like no, The Rock's theme? <laughs> what The Rock is cooking? Oh, Joel. Oh, Joel, Joel, Joel. No, it's called electrifying. Because oh, wow. The Rock is the most electrifying man in all of entertainment. <laughs> Wasn't it sports entertainment? Well, they've changed it now, but he moved into films because you can't argue that he's the, the most electrifying man in, in films because he is. What about John Cena? What about Dynamo in The Running Man? Christmas tree, Right, anyway, uh, well, thank you very, very much, guys, for some uh, Oscars news. Uh, very, very interesting it was. Uh, I would love to continue it, but uh, I've had enough, to be honest. So uh, we're going to go into the bulk of the show, which is films on trial. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, what we do is we take a film and we put it on trial. All the films are taken out the hat at random and this week it was the choice of uh, I can't remember who put it in but anyway it's a face off and just like the films all of the roles uh, pulled out of the hat at random as well so in the role of prosecution and trying to condemn this film to the shit list is Alex hello Alex hello and in the role of defense and trying his very best to place this film on the hit list is Captain Dave hello Hello, handsome and benevolent judge. Missed <laughs> 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 the boat on that one, Bruce. Uh, and in the role of character witness is uh, Joel. And Joel's job is to basically give his genuine opinion to try and throw a bit of weight behind either side of the arguments. Hello, Joel. Just remember, Brucey, this has got plenty of guns and explosions in. <laughs> I, I, I hadn't forgotten, Joel. Also, we've got our good friend and uh, musical guru, uh, Austin Ray, who's going to be just lending his bits of, I don't know, he's just going to be sitting in the background like a peripheral fart that you can't get rid of. <laughs> A peripheral fart you can't get rid of. I've, I've been called worse. I've also been called better, but, you know. And then in the role of judge, it's me. And my job is to listen to both sides of the argument and determine which list the film should be placed on. The hit or the shit based solely on the arguments that are put to me and not by using my own opinion. Uh, so without further hesitation, uh, shall we give everybody a bit of a synopsis as Please to see. what the film's Please. about? Please. Okay, so this, uh, uh, so what I do here is I read out a synopsis of the film, uh, but I do it in the style of uh, something. So, what should I do it in the style of uh, this week, guys? Nick Cage, Travolta. Uh, We've done Travolta uh, before, haven't we? We must have done. Have yeah. we done Travolta before? Uh, well, I, I can't even remember. I th- uh, yeah, I you think might we have. Pulp Fiction. Well, yeah, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, you could always start oh, yeah, as Nick Cage fiction. and then become John yeah. Travolta. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would do that. Yeah, Most definitely. things actually turn into Christopher Walken. Walken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Uh, I can't. How the hell does Nick Cage speak? Yeah, I could eat a peach for hours. That one. Sean Connery. That's the accent in the Untouchables. I was thinking. Buffalo Bill from Sands okay. of the Lambs there. <laughs> yeah. In order to foil an extortion plot, an FBI agent undergoes a facial transplant surgery and assumes the identity of the physical, <laughs> <laughs> physical appearance of the terrorist. But the plan turns from bad to worse when the same terrorist impersonates the FBI agent. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it. well done. Love Props it. For just- I, done. I mean, Nick Cage becoming John Travolta, how could that go wrong? It's just it's, I mean, it's, it's a recipe for success. <laughs> 
Listen, <laughs> <laughs> so Alex, if you want me to place this film on the shit list, uh, you, know, you need to start kissing <laughs> yeah, That's true. All right. So without further hesitation, I'm going to kick off proceedings. And I'm going to say, uh, Alex, as the prosecution, you have the first point. So would you like to start? Yes, uh, I would love to start. Right, uh, this is an action movie and the action shit. I'm going to start there. Uh, I know John Woo is considered like the godfather of modern cinematic gunplay, okay? And, you know, his influence is huge. Thank you, John. You know, he, he did a fantastic job. But cinema really has moved on so much. And uh, you know, you got to remember, we're watching this and we're judging it as now. You know, this is watching it in 2018. Is this still an entertaining film? And it's it, it's not. We, you just cannot now watch like two men just fire off like thousands and thousands and thousands of rounds at each other, not hitting each other once. And it just now it just seems absurd rather than gripping. And yeah, maybe you can get into that or something, but it's not the way the film was designed, and it doesn't quite work. It's just it just seems ridiculous. Um, you know, we just know now the the the, the way the, the, this action movie is done is so sort of set in the old nineties action movie way of doing things. You just know that like the the main characters are not going to be hit until the last ten minutes. You know that like supporting actors might go down throughout it it's just you just know it in a way that you just don't and it takes all sense of danger out of the gunfights um i know i know like a lot of people would say maybe the danger isn't in the gunfights that's not where the entertainment comes from and you know john woo fans i suppose would say it's like the choreography of the gunfights but i would say the choreography of the gunfights in this film are actually extremely poor and i was shocked actually because i was thinking oh you know the action seemed to be good if not the performances but, you know, we'll, you know, the action, the, you know, the, the, the flow of the action will be really good. But actually, without wanting to, it, there's really jarring changes throughout it between, like, the actors and the stuntmen. Like, in the last, in the last chase scene on the boat, there's a bit... Because there's so much sort of slow motion people falling through the air, you almost always see the stuntmen, and it's really, really jarring. You just... You can't get away with that now in a way you could back in the day, you know? Um often um i was just gonna say are the stuntmen's wigs as good as cage and travolta's <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll, i'd say i'm gonna come to that later but i'm not uh, also like um characters and this is really kind of like poor editing in it this is what i was a bit shocked at um characters will kind of jump across the room in action sequences so at one point i think in nick cassavitz's uh house um there's like a, a shot where um, Nicolas Cage is with the family protecting them and then an FBI person comes in through the uh, window and all of a sudden Nicolas Cage like teleports across the room and is smashing, you know, the guy to pieces all the way, all, all of a sudden. And it's just really poor editing. Um, there's also just so much jumping and flipping for absolutely no reason. And I know, again, this is his style of action, but it just seems absolutely absurd. So there's one henchman during that same shootout, and he just doesn't seem able to, like, move anywhere without clattering into, like, a table, jumping through a window, sliding along the floor. And, it, and it's honestly, I was just relieved when he was finally shot. Uh, like, I, was just, <laughs> I was just made up, to be honest, for him, because it was just like, thank God, no more. Oh, was he? <laughs> Um, you know, there's a bit, I think, when in the final shootout in the church, when, you know, the, again, they're six metres apart, these crack shots, and they cannot hit each other with tons of bullets, firing off rounds. And uh, Nicolas Cage just does like a little weird roly-poly onto the ground. And it's just like, what the fuck? No, just stand up and shoot. It's just, you know, I know at the time that might have worked and people would have thought that was cool. But we're in a post-Matrix era now. And remember, the Matrix came just two years after um face off two years after and think of the difference between the action in the matrix and the action in uh face off it's it's just the choreography in the matrix is beautiful in face off it's just a bit ridiculous and obviously there's a debt the matrix owes to john woo's style of action yeah but also the matrix made his style of action completely obsolete Oof. well very, very tough stuff from Alex there. Dave, how are you going to counteract this? To be honest with you, I was going to say exactly what Alex said, but I see it as a positive thing. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I think the, the hark back to the 90s style of action 
it's fantastic. It was so it had a real element of nostalgia to me. You've got to remember at the end of the day when this came out, there was no Matrix, and like you say, it does owe a huge debt to directors like John Woo. But that made the Matrix wasn't there then, and yeah, things have moved along so much since at such a rapid pace. Going back to a film like that that was made in 1997, and us looking back on it now, there is such a great element of nostalgia. This is what 90s action films are all about. This is what Jerry Bruckheimer dreamt about. You know, this is what he saw in his bad LSD trips. You would have loved Jerry Bruckheimer, Joel, I tell you. He's your kind of guy. He, it's explosions left, right, and center. John Woo is one of the most stylish action sequence directors of all time. He brings a gravitas to it, a beautiful elegance to every sense of it. These action sequences are so well done, so meticulously shot. And I think what he brings to the table from his, his past working on films like Hard Boiled and other great action films is he really brings a beautiful choreography to it. I can't believe Alexei didn't appreciate it. But there's just a fantastic way that the, the way the actors move, the way the stuntmen move. And what I liked about it, what I love about the chasing is the fact that stuntmen are still used in this film. He was told at one point uh, to use a green screen for that initial, you know, the chase sequence down the runway where the cars are chasing after Castle Troy's plane. He was told to use a green screen for that, and he refused to do so because he said, now, you know what, this, this scene would look so much better if we could just do this with stunt drivers, with stuntmen, and he got his way. He had complete creative control over this, and what you've got is a really good opening to the film, and it's kind of, it's like bookends. We've got this great chase sequence at the start, and you've got a great chase sequence at the end with the speedboats. You may, yes, you can see that they are stuntmen every now and again. What can I say? It's the 1990s. These things happened, you know, it's only now that we've learned to CGI over people's faces. But it's, um, I feel it works. Like I said, there's a nostalgic charm to it. What you've got to remember when you're watching this film is it's not just an action film. It is a fantasy film. The plot is ludicrous, absolutely ridiculous. And John Woo makes no apology for that whatsoever. This film is idiotic. It is crazy. And it's like he lined up, you know, you're talking about that, that shootout in Nick Kasovitz's house. He's like he lined up, uh, realism, subtlety, and credibility, and blasts them with a shotgun, each one by one, <laughs> out of a window, and they fall onto a car, which then explodes. They go straight out of the window in the opening scene. And you know what? Once you sit back and you realize what kind of film you've let yourself in for, what a roller coaster ride this is. It is just thrill after thrill after thrill. And it's not, beautifully scripted it's shot very rustically like the action sequence is beautiful as they are and masterful as they are they are chaotic i see where alex is coming from there but that chaos kind of lends itself to just being one of the most fun action films you are ever going to see from the 1990s or from any decade you know this film what it lacks in subtlety it makes up with sheer finesse well thank you very much dave lots lots and lots to think about alex uh, would you like to reboot? Yeah, very, extremely briefly. Um, you know, I think Dave's right. You know, you can't watch Face Off and expect subtlety. You know, no, that's not what, what I'm expecting. But what I was expecting, like I was saying, just very quickly, is that is a bit, the action to be a little bit, just a little bit flawless, to be honest, from John Woo, because you've heard so much about him in, in being this fantastic director. And I, I don't think when you watch great action movies like uh, Con Air, I think we can agree that's a great action movie. Superb film. <laughs> uh, and, you know, uh, Air Force One, you know, good action movie, all of these. I don't think you can notice... <laughs> hey, it's on the hit list. Let's not have too uh, I don't think you can see these, just these flaws. There's just a few flaws in this film, like, the you know, the stuntmen, uh, which was a big deal for me, and the teleporting across the room, and, you know, just... It, it just I don't think the choreography was there. And The Matrix was 1999. You know, this is two years later wasn't that long after that action changed forever right well thank you very much alex uh, so joel and slash aussie as the character witness witnesses whitney whitney houston's <laughs> uh, alex said um the the action is um guff um 
and questions whether it's still entertaining in 2018. He said there's no sense of danger in the good fights and the choreography is very poor, as is the editing. You also mentioned about a Frank Spencer-like henchman who just kind of um, bumbles his way through action sequences. Uh, Captain Dave says, uh, show up, Alex. It's actually nostalgic. Uh, it's very well shot. Uh, the chase sequences are great and it actually uses proper stuntmen and special effects as opposed to CG and although it is a ludicrous plot and it is idiotic it embraces it and turns it into a roller coaster ride so uh, the first thing I want to know guys is is this Jerry Bruckheimer's wet dream or is it Jerry Bruckheimer's uh, wet uh, bottom dream (laughs) (laughs) is that is is that even a thing it is now (laughs) well uh, I think when you watch a film like this you pretty much know you know what's going to happen when you when you watch it you don't it's like jurassic world you watch it and you just want to kind of you know be engrossed in the film and it's just an action film and i think what alex has kind of pointed out is stuff you only look for if you're looking for it like when you watch it i don't think all this type of stuff you actually see i think you just watch it you see the gunfights you see the explosions and that's what the film is like it's overblown action it's overacted uh everything you know is just like really ludicrous but that's part of the film it's like watching point break do you know what i mean it's um just one of those films that you just watch you have a good time and and you turn it off and you you don't really overanalyze it again well, you've had your time. Joel did say it was just like Jurassic World, Gavin. I think he said Jurassic. Did you say Jurassic Park or Jurassic World? Jurassic World. Oh, fuck, cool. fucking hell. That That's a point of Brucey right away. Okay, Austin. Austin, here's one for you, Mal. Uh, okay, so. Alex says it's not very well choreographed at all. He says it's quite chaotic and it's poorly edited where people can just kind of uh, 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 one, uh, one second, they're on one side of the room, the next, they're on the other. Dave says it's very well choreographed and it reminds him a lot of John Woo's early works, including uh, Hard Boiled. Um, so c- can you tell me which one of them is lying? <laughs> I actually feel as though uh, Alex is lying on this side. I didn't think it was that chaotic to me. I mean, it was chaotic in, in the sense that you get the action, but um, uh, I, I've not seen loads of John Woo films, but certainly I've seen some since Face Off. And, um, and he does similar things throughout. That's sort of like his style, isn't it? That sort of very sort of chaotic action-y type thing. And um, no, I, I don't think it was... Uh, I don't think he seemed misplaced. It didn't seem, uh, didn't seem bad. Okay, well, thank you very, very much. Uh, right, lots to think about there, guys. Lots. Okay, uh, I'm going to kick things off with um, part two. And I think we're going to go with Dave. You have, um, I don't know, start, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think what we wanted to talk about next, we're going to address actors and performances in this. Now, mm. you, th- you, thought, you thought the action was over the top. You ain't seen nothing yet. Hold my drink. <laughs> Just like John Woo embraced the ridiculousness of this plot and the ridiculousness of this film, you think he took this to heart, Travolta and Cage, as the two leading men, really embrace it and really get their teeth into it. And you can tell they are enjoying every second of it. Basically, what John Woo asked them to do is spend a a week or two before filming to try and pick up each other's mannerisms and little inflections. He said, don't do it too much. Don't, like, impersonate each other, because at the end of the day, you're still playing the other person, but trying to convince people that know them that you are them. So he says, don't be too much like them. But just pick up on little bits here and there. And you know what? For two actors that I don't necessarily rate that highly, they both actually did a good job. I think Travolta in particular gets like the kind of wild-eyed elements of Cage, which let's face it, he is notorious for. I think the the, the manic energy that Cage brings to it as he's playing Castle Troy at the start of the film, Travolta reflects and keeps going in, in the second half as cast Troy himself and I think Cage you know he goes from this wild-eyed lunatic which he does so so bloody well to be actually giving quite a restrained performance a la John Travolta at the start of the film you know these performances are over the top they did not miss out on awards in any stretch of the imagination these are far-blown these are ludicrous performances 
but there's actually some thought and care gone into them at the same time. And you can tell these actors are enjoying the film that they're in. They know they're not going to win awards. They know they're not going to probably put this on, on the back of the next DVD they're in, oh, also starred in Face Off. They're just here to enjoy the ride. They're working with John Woo, one of the best action directors of all time, and they're just enjoying themselves. And they're making a good film, and because they're enjoying themselves that much, the film is getting better and better and better. And they kind of they take the piss out of themselves, and they take the piss out of each other as they're going. I love this bit with uh, John Travolta after Castor Troy has taken on the face of, of Sean Archer, who's John Travolta's character, and it's John Travolta playing Castor Troy whoa, whoa. now. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> I, I tell you, we do, we do this wrong every week. You know, we should really say spoiler before. It's like saying bombs away after you've seen a mushroom cloud, but it's just like <laughs> what we've got here. I love that scene where he's chatting to Pollux Troy, uh, his brother played by Alessandro Nivola, doing, doing a decent job, I have to say, for his debut film. He didn't seem daunted by the lunacy of Cage and Travolta. And um, I think I love this line where John Travolta says, you know, here I am in this body I don't want to be in with this ridiculous chin. <laughs> and I do like that. It's like John Travolta kind of lampooning himself and his own looks. You know, it was it was a nice little touch, the fact that he, he was able to take the piss out of himself that much. You know, I mean, obviously I think it was scripted, but the fact that he went along with it and was like, oh, yeah. I okay. think the script originally said wig and he changed it last minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be seen this wig. Yeah, I think it originally said, oh, I'm 300 pounds heavier, but he was like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not putting that. But the, the 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 wild-eyed energy that Cage brings to this is fantastic. I mean, Nicolas Cage, I just want to say, is one of the hammiest actors of his generation. But it's it's times like this in a film such as this that you think, you know what? There's a time and a place for it, and sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes it's just good fun. Like I said, this film is not to be taken seriously in any way, shape, or form. This is a fantasy film. It's not even a serious action film. John Woo did not want you to think, oh, this could happen one day. This could be going on now. Leave that at the door. Leave that at the door. Leave. Oh, like what Alex was saying about the flaws you see with Stuntman. It's like, leave that at the door. You might see it. You're not supposed to care. And you're not supposed to care about how manic these performances are. You're just meant to sit back and you're meant to enjoy them. And you know what? If you do, if you switch off and just enjoy this 90s action romp at its best... You're going to have the time of your life. Well, thank you very much, Dave. Very captivating argument there. Alex, uh, what would you like to say to counteract that? Uh, I'd say everything he said was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Great argument. <laughs> Lots to think Should about. Too close <laughs> uh, right, no. Um, no, you know, I agree with Dave. I don't think you can take this film seriously. And I, I didn't take it seriously. I, I, was, I was, you know... I know we were watching it in a sense of being prosecuted, but I was watching it to be entertained. And I just wasn't. And... Um, the performances are good at the beginning, but they do get stretched. And actually, you know, I think John Woo, fantastic action director, probably in other films, but I actually think he bagged some, you know, two big stars here. And I don't actually think he was very successful in actually controlling his stars. I think he just said, right, you're Travolta, you're Cage, let you off a leash. And I don't think it worked. You know, Travolta was um, nicknamed uh, One Take John in this film for his ability, and I'm using quotation marks, listeners, <laughs> to take to get it done in one take. And I think it shows through in the film. I don't think he manages, when he's Archer, to convey a sense of heroism. I think he just seems like a bit narky, to be honest, most of the time. And that's it. Nothing much more than that. Uh, I also think when he becomes um, Troy, I don't think he's particularly... I don't think he's very frightening. I think he's really creepy. And I think it's really weird, some of the things that are going on. But I don't find it frightening. I, and it's, it doesn't quite work for me. Um, so, like, you know, he gropes his secretary, very 90s. She just looks astonished rather than really angry. And uh, he has these weird, weird, uncomfortable interactions with his daughter, again, quotation marks, Jamie. And, like, it's just weird. And he, his creepiness all the way through it doesn't play for me. It's not scary. It's not very much... It's not very similar to um, Troy in... You know, to how Nick Cage plays his character at the beginning. It's more just a very bit of a creep and you don't really know what he's doing or what he's sort of playing playing at, really. Um, so, yeah, I didn't like John Travolta's performance at all. Um, I like Nicolas Cage and I love him when he's doing his mad eyes. You know, I love it. it it's, very, it's a lot of fun. I actually think when he's on a leash and he's told what to do, he can do some amazing performances like adaptation. He's amazing. Raising Arizona. So he can do it, you know, and I love him doing his mad eyes and offbeat delivery of, of his lines, but it does more end up with you laughing at the film than with it, you know? And I know that's kind of Dave was saying, you've got to just go with it, but actually sometimes it goes too far 
And I think Nick, like Nicolas Cage kind of collapses about halfway through this film. He's just doing his mad eyes all the time and he's got nothing else to go with it. I, I think Dave didn't mention the best actress in this, which is Joan Allen. Joan Allen had a hell of a job to do in this. She had to put up with like terrible performances from Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and Dr. She did. And she had to sit in a scene and she had to look. She's Archer's wife. And that is literally her character, by the way. That is just our Archer's wife is it. That's as much as it, that's as far as it goes. Probably the most rounded female character in it. Um, and, uh, you know, she, she's, I think there's one scene when you have these big reveal scenes, they just fall flat. So Nicolas Cage says, I am actually, you know, I'm your husband and it all fans out. And he's just blubbering and he's just blubbering and he's got mad eyes. And you can see he doesn't know what the hell he's doing, Nicolas Cage. He's just doing his mad stuff, but he's not being controlled. He's not being told, no, do this, do this. You know, John Woo's not there telling him what to do. Then the very next scene, Joan Allen's just sat there probably thinking, what the hell am I meant to do with this guy in front of me? You know, I've got no idea how to act with this. And then the next scene, you've got John Travolta doing his really weird take on creepiness. And again, it's just like, God, what's she meant to do? The fact that she comes unscathed out of this is like huge. You know, it just goes to, to show she's a fantastic actress, I think. Um, so, yeah. And just, just a very final bit on what Dave said about it being a fantasy film. I do think there's a couple of things that are a bit odd because, yeah, it is a bit of a fantasy film. It's got these weird things. You remember like the mag boots in the prison? Oh, yeah. I forgot Why the about hell them. do they have the mag boots? <laughs> By the way, you've seen those mag boots before. You have seen those They're before. They're the Goombas boots in Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Recycling props. Recycling hey. props. And, uh, you know, there's the, the face being taken off. So there's a weird fantasy element, but then it's not really taken anywhere. So I, 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 I didn't think that worked. So I thought the Two main performances were atrocious. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize it was going to be a sentence. Full stop. Good good trivia, though. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, uh, Dave, uh, would you like to rebut any of that? Uh, just a little bit of it, just a little. Um, I agree fully that Joan Allen did a, a decent job in this. Now, he says that she's overlooked, you know, she's the most well-rounded female character. That That is true, she is. But there's not really any other character that really gets a look in, aside from Caster Troy, Sean Archer, whoever seems to be playing them at that moment in time. The film focuses on those two. I mean, I think Gina Gershon actually did a decent job in this film. I think uh, Nick uh, Nick Kasovitz, who mentioned before, does a decent job. It's actually got a really good supporting cast, just to mention briefly. Uh, Colm Fiore, John Cowell Lynch, CCH Pounder, Harvey Presnell, uh, Alessandro Nivola, John Allen, Gina Gershon, we've all mentioned, all do decent jobs with the small roles they are given, but they are small roles because the focus has to be, the plot doesn't work if it's not, the focus has to be on your leading men, has to be on John Travolta and Nicolas Cage, and the two of them, Go to town on this one. The word of the week is, oh, sorry, the phrase of the week is over the top. That's three words, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I twigged as I was about to say it. But uh, they just go all out on this. And I, I see what Alex is saying. I disagree fully that John Woo didn't direct his actors, you know, when Nicolas Cage is doing his emotional scenes. Yeah, what, John, John Woo was not at the coffee machine. Just like, you know, you just leave the camera running, see what he does. He was there. He knew what vision he wanted for this. This is a man who meticulously goes through his action sequences, gets the most out of his actors, you know. He would not have taken his eye off the ball like that. And the thing about John Travolta seeming narky, that's kind of the point of his character. You know, obviously, Castor Troy kills his son right at the start of the film. The guy is emotionally frazzled. He's fraught. He's lashing out at his staff and his contemporaries in the FBI. And that's when, when Castor Troy takes on his face and takes on his persona, his personality changes. And they actually seem to like him a bit more. It's like, oh, did you have that stick removed from your ass? I think one yeah. of them says to him. Hey, and how did the operation go? <laughs> <laughs> Get the stick removed from your ass. All yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> and that's this guy. Like, he gives a great comedy moments as well. Like, in a horrible scene where um, the doctors who did the surgery and his best friend uh, are all burned alive by Castor Troy. Um, when Castor as Sean Archer goes into the FBI, it's like, a, oh, God, we're really all sorry to hear about Tito. It's like, yeah, well, shit happens. And that's all he has to say on the matter. And it's just like, if this was a film you're meant to be taking seriously, it's like, no, someone would have twigged by now. John Travolta's daughter would have twigged by now. You know, his wife would have, people would have realized it doesn't matter. No one's meant to care. You're not supposed to be looking for these plot holes because it didn't be that. You're just meant to sit back and enjoy this ludicrous film. And it is ludicrous. And they know it is. And they're enjoying it. Join it too. 
<laughs> Thanks, Dave. At least, at least we know that you had a good time. Uh, so, um, Joel and Austin, I think I'm going to need your help on this once again. Surprisingly, they both disagree with each other. Um, so, Captain Dave says that Travolta and Cage embraced the ridiculousness and gave really over-the-top performances because that's what the film needed. Uh, they did a really good job at impersonating each other as well. Um, and they said that Cage uh, is actually plays a variety. Well, they both play like a kind of variety of different characters or. or or two sides to a character anyway uh, really kind of uh, wide-eyed lunatic and also a calmer sort of um, more subtle character when they're playing the good guy and the bad guy respectively um, uh, Alex says that the performances are very stretched and Wu doesn't control his stars uh, he says uh, one take John is evident throughout because it looks like John Travolta couldn't be asked filming anymore um, he also says Cage's performance is just way too much too much mad-eyed and that Joan Allen doesn't have a lot to do but then again neither does any of the of the other characters um so yeah so what i want to know is is um first of all joel how is nicholas cage in this is he caged or is he unhinged <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, which is the good option? Unhinged. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, so unhinged is is uh, what I'm trying to say. I, I didn't think this through. Um, <laughs> yeah, it did, didn't it? Unhinged is like uncontrollable. Uh, caged is more restricted. So, so ca- caged would be the the better option. I think it's uh, a good performance. Well, well, I liked it. I thought it worked really well, and I think that they both did. You can actually see when you watch it that they both try and pick up on kind of the opposite counterparts, like mannerisms and all that type of stuff and i think i don't know if dave is ever going to mention this but like caster troy is such like an iconic character he's got like a he's got loads of internet memes i can remember growing up watching this film he is in loads of games as well with the jewel berettas and that actually did have uh, an impact on a film which alex mentioned the matrix which is where um you know like the whole jewel guns thing came from it also had an impact on games like max Payne. Um, I know for a fact that um, that drew uh, kind of inspiration from John Woo and those types of things. And I just think he's like a, a dead iconic character. And I think like they did play off each other pretty well. Thank you very much. Uh, Dave, um, just a question here. Talking about uh, Nicolas Cage's performance, where do you think this ranks on the Cage Rage meter? Um, so <laughs> wow, from, rage. from A to V, we've got from um, Adaptation to Vampire's Kiss. Uh, where, would it ra- where would it rank on the, on the Cage meter? So we've got a bit of music for this. <laughs> I'm a bit unlucky, not the bees. <laughs> <laughs> bees killing me won't bring back your honey. So, so where, where do you reckon it ranks, Dave? Um, oh, it's up there. Out, 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 out of 10, 10 being uh, Vampire's Kiss, uh, shouting out the alphabet, and uh, zero being adaptation, just oh, being dead narky about books and shit. This is, this is a nine. <laughs> I would say this is a nine comfortably. This is way up there. Okay, thank you very much. Don't make this something that isn't awesome. You, you leave adaptation out of this. Okay, uh, Austin. Yes. Uh, right. Uh, your question is, um, John Travolta, okay, is he outperformed by his wig or does he give a, <laughs> <laughs> or does he give a good performance? I, I actually think the performance of both Cage and Travolta when they, when they swap faces is the best bit of the film. That's um, that's that's the whole film. I mean, I mean, the whole film. Oh, maybe I'm getting this confused with a different film. (laughs) (laughs) uh, You're thinking of Freaky Friday. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I I think them them hamming it it is hammy. Very, it's over the top, and and it's fun. That bit of it, it's fun. But the rest of the film maybe is a bit uh, over the top. I think Alex is right in that sense that um, I I can't remember anybody else in the film. Just those two. I can't remember anything else about the film. Just just the face swap. Um, genuinely, it's um, and the mag boots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I stick with Alex on this side on this this little section. Yeah. Okay, so did uh, did you actually watch the correct film this time? I, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did you like that bit where um, Caster Troy and um, Sean Archer uh, kind of rode off together in in a car, just as the rest of the Rydell High School was singing? <laughs> <laughs> 
you go together. Oh, shit. I did watch the wrong. <laughs> I, I, I did watch the wrong film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, no worries. Okay, right. Um, so it's neck and neck, I think, guys. Neck and neck, or face and or face, face, face and face. Face. <laughs> face and face. I did have a little. Uh, oh no, it doesn't matter. I'll do it later on. Uh, so I'm gonna say um, oh, closing statements. I think. Okay. Uh, right. So. Uh, so I'm just trying to motion to Joel to to get something on, but he's just ignoring me. Okay, all right. So you each have a minute to give me your closing arguments. Uh, so without further hesitation, Alex, your minute starts now. Right. Uh, Dave has been saying all the way through it that, um, you know, you shouldn't take this film seriously. I'm not taking it seriously. It's impossible to take this film seriously. But you can also just try to enjoy it as an action film and i think that's where it falls like i say there are many flaws in the action which sort of broke it a little bit for me you know it does owe a debt to the matrix john woo has made good films before but that's not on trial here this is this film the action is just obsolete now it's past its due date you know i love 90s action films the cgi is visceral and the predictable plots are really fun but you know, you've got Con Air, you've got Under Siege, you've got Air Force One, you've got GoldenEye, you've got Rush Hour, you've got Mission Impossible, you've got so many more, the face-offs way down the list, you know? It just hasn't, time has not been kind to it. And for me, I won't ever watch Face Off again. <laughs> wow. Wait, I'll, 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 hang on. <laughs> Alex, you're going to have to start using the full minute, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was done. Very was unpredictable. Done. You're as unpredictable as Nicolas Cage's performance in Face Off. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Right, Dave, you have a minute starting from... Okay. This film is without a doubt one of the finest examples of 1990s action. This, the way that John Woo brings this elegance to his action sequences, and while at the same time incorporating chaos, like Alex stated, but it works. Alex is wrong. This really does gel together so brilliantly. As I said, the phrase of the week is over the top in terms of his direction and in terms of the performances that he gets out of his actors. Alex says he couldn't contain his actors. Like, why would you want to? When you see this unfolding before your eyes, you're going to egg them on. You're going to try and get them to one-up one another, and that's what they're doing. They're vying for their screen time, and they're vying to take the piss out of each other as much as humanly possible. They are enjoying this, and this is just a fantastic film. It it's one of the most over-the-top examples and is therefore one of the finest. It's got plenty of explosions, and like Joel said, it's Castor Troy has gone down in history as one of the finest screen villains. Of- wow. <laughs> very, very nice to do. I was going to say period, but yeah. <laughs> but we got that. That's the full minute. Yeah, very well done, Dave. Uh, I think I'm going to need some time to think about this, so um, I think it's time for a bit of a quiz. Why not? Yeah. Oh, yes. 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 Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Alex. That's actually going to go towards your final mark. Here. <laughs> the only one who responded. <laughs> right. Okay. So, uh, so I've got a, I've got a uh, song for this one. Um, okay. Right. Uh, face off. All I wanted was to take your face off. <laughs> 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 you might have a short oh. right? just before we started doing this. Oh, I hate you guys. Anyway. Right. So uh, this quiz uh, is all about um, uh, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. Um, so uh, since Face Off, well, I won't say since Face Off. I'll say since the noughties, they've started essentially um, cornering the market of the uh, old uh, dad seeks vengeance category in films, uh, where they've essentially been playing the same character over and over and over again. So this quiz is all about if you guys can actually tell the difference between John Travolta and Nicolas Cage in these films uh, in a quiz I like to call your face or mine uh, so this is a bit different this week this isn't the old true or false well it is essentially but I've sent you all images to your phones oh. Uh, oh, okay. so if you go onto the uh, very very high tech films on trial whatsapp group <laughs> uh, I've sent you images so open the first one please all you have to do is tell me if it's John Travolta or Nicolas Cage <laughs> listeners you can play at, at home uh, we're going to upload all of the pictures pictures uh, on our website so you can just have a little play along yourself right so first first come uh joel uh, travolta or cage is it can i just check the order is it the one with the stripy shirt oh, for flip's sake you know that, yeah. I, I knew there's a reason that we shouldn't be using technology um, yeah that's john travolta right okay mm. um stripy shirt with a tie yeah yeah that's the first one yeah i think that's nick cage i was gonna go cage i was gonna go cage as well Okay, you're all right apart from Joel. That is <laughs> <laughs> that is Nicolas Cage in the film 
uh, aptly titles Vengeance, a love story. Um, this one is about a Gulf War veteran who seeks vengeance against a gang who assaulted a single mother. Um, so, yeah. Uh, uh, number two, Joel, uh, Travolta or Cage? Travolta. Okay, Dave? Michael Madsen, or otherwise known as John Travolta in this instance. I would say Travolta as well. Yeah, I'd recognise those shoulder pads anywhere, Travolta. (laughs) (laughs) Well done once again, everyone. That is John Travolta. In the film Criminal Activities, four young men make a risky investment that puts them in trouble with the mob. Okay, and number three, Travolta or Cage? Uh, Travolta. 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 Uh, yeah, well done, guys. It is John Travolta again in the film. I am Wrath. A man is out for justice after a group of corrupt officers are unable to catch his wife's killer. Uh, it could literally just be the same synopsis over and over again, couldn't it? <laughs> okay, uh, guys, number four, Joel, Travolta or Cage? Cage. 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 Okay, yeah, yeah. I think maybe this is a bit too easy, but this is uh, Cage <laughs> in a film called uh, Tokarev. Uh, when the daughter of a reformed criminal is kidnapped, he rounds up his old crew and seeks his own justice. Uh, next one, guys. Travolta or Cage? Bit difficult, this one, I think. Yeah, I find this a bit Travolta. Travolta. I'm going to go with... I want to say Kurt Russell, but I'm going to go with Travolta. Uh, I'm going to say Travolta as well. Yeah, it looks like a Travolta haircut. Uh, yeah it is Travolta this one's called In a Valley of Violence a mysterious stranger and a random act of violence drag a town of misfits and nitwits into the bloody crosshairs of revenge all about revenge isn't it okay next up Travolta or Cage Joel Cage Cage you wouldn't get Travolta in that wig Cage Cage. yeah yeah he's he's got his his own wig he's he's rocking the the wig look it is Cage in a film called Southern Fury a southern mobster attempts to rescue his kidnapped brother and last but not least uh, number seven Travolta Uh, or Cage Borat I'm gonna say (laughs) it's a tricky one no I'm gonna go it's gotta be Nicolas Cage because it's just so shit. It's got to be Nicholas Cage. <laughs> I think it's got to be Nicholas Cage. Isn't it that Army of One one where he's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cage. Cage. I was going to say Travolta, but now I know that it's Cage. I'm going to say Cage. Shit. So literally, like almost full marks for everyone. Yeah, Alex, you all right? It is Army of One. After a personal visit by God Himself, played by Russell Brand, Jesus, eccentric Russell cons- Brand, yeah, eccentric oh, construction worker, uh, bloody blow, whatever his name is, embarks on an adventure to bring a song up in Laden to justice. Oh, ex- <laughs> this sounds like what something you make as well. <laughs> well, don't worry, guys. The next uh, film's on trial, weekend away. I will make you all watch it. Uh, right, so very well done, guys. Yeah, um, full marks all around, apart from Joel. Uh, you disappoint me. <laughs> uh, right, so, um, yeah, just rounding up um, the uh, the points here. Started off with Alex um, talking about general film. He said that the action is, is a bit shit in comparison to 2018, and there's no sense of danger in the gunfights. The choreography is poor, uh, so is the editing. Captain Dave said it's nostalgic, though. Uh, the chase sequences are great, uh, as is the rest of the choreography. Uh, ludicrous plot, but he embraces it. Uh, as do the actors, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. They embrace it throughout. Um, they're very good at impersonating each other and also playing a bit more of a subtle character which is a bit of a difference but Alex says that's all bullshit to be honest and they just give really wide-eyed over-the-top performances which don't pay off um, right I'm going to try and be quick with this one it's been a while since I've watched Face Off um, so uh, I, you know it's it's always hard um, just listening to arguments fresh and trying to decide which is the best course of action here. Uh, Alex, your your argument about it not standing up to today's standards, I I kind of like to look at films as they were released because um, sometimes we can talk about stuff not being um, scary in 2017, even though it was in, two, in 1977. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> not again. How many times is it supposed to be punished for Caesarea? <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, I and you know, but I, I will. I, I'm not holding a grudge here. I will say that um, what Dave was saying about it being over the top and embracing it and kind of not um, being too sort of rigid to a plot 
uh, it's, it's quite accurate. I think uh, John Woo just kind of makes a ridiculous film and you just kind of got to go with it. The performances are bad. They, they are bad, bad performances. Um, but I think Captain Dave is right once again. I think they are they embrace the fact that they're so terrible. I will say Alex is right that the, there's no time for any other characters and the, the characters that are there, especially Sean Archer's wife, are just kind of written in to be waiting for uh, somebody else to interact with them, either Cage or Travolta. Um, and that some of the uh, fight scenes are quite poorly choreographed in comparison to Wu's own high standards. But generally, I think it, it's 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 a sort of like my defense for Super Mario Brothers. But it's it's actually a, 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 wow. <laughs> no, but <laughs> it actually applies. It, it, it applies to this film. I think it is very over the top and ludicrous and bad. But it's so bad that it's actually great. So I think this one is going to end up on the hit list. Sorry, sorry, Alex. But hey. uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be a hit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was worth the wait. It's hard, it's hard being the judge and also giving really stupid sound, sound effects. effects. Uh, yeah, so um, I've really got to ask this one. Genuine opinions. Alex, what's your genuine opinion about Face Off? No, I stuck to my... You know, I always stick to my pretty much genuine opinion. I won't say anything I don't think. Uh, I, I do think... I do think the choreo- the action choreography was worse than I remember. And I remember just, I don't know, it's just, if I'm th- going to look at 90s action film, there's just so much more to choose from. So, you know, maybe I was a bit harsh on it in places. And yeah, Dave's right. I think, you know, sometimes you've got to look over things and just enjoy it. But I didn't actually find it that enjoyable. And I found the creepiness a bit too creepy. So no, I, I, I sort of meant what I said. Okay, and uh, Captain Dave, uh, how did you genuinely feel about the film then? I pretty much meant what I said as well. It, it, <laughs> it, you summed it up pretty well, Gav. It's a terrible film. It's it's absolutely got awful, but it is so bad. The performances are so out there. It's brilliant. It's genuinely brilliant. I loved it. I would watch it again. And just a fantastic film. It's it's terrible, but it's, it's brilliant. I, it, I, wow. <laughs> yeah yeah no it, it yeah yeah i do think it is like kind of one of those films um joel and austin i think you two were pretty much um quite genuine about your beliefs um yeah i, I like it i think it's good i don't even think the performances are that bad i think the performances they actually did a good job but i just think it's you know it's 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 one of those action films where it's like you watch it and you just let shit explode okay right uh so um first off higher or lower than blood diamond what was blood diamond again um well i'm not going to tell you that so you just got to guess with this i I think it's higher than blood diamond it's got to be better than blood diamond you reckon lower than blood diamond what did blood diamond genuinely get i can't remember you've got to give us a clue eight eight out of ten but that was out of ten. I think it's got to be low. Face off is not no it's what eight i'm gonna say seven point eight I'm going to go with a flat seven. I think it's it's good, but it's not that good. Bruce, seven point two. I'm going to say eight point one. Oh, fucking hell! Eight point zero five. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know we had John Boo on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it is lower. It is seven point three. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Ozzy. Oh. Uh, and just before we finish uh, off the show, um, once again, we've got a caption contest. Yeah. Whoa! Whoa. Hey, where we go? Where we go? <laughs> John Wu, wooing it up. Wu by name, Wu by nature. Um, <laughs> right, so we've taken a still from the film and we've asked our friends and fans to put a caption to it. It is uh, one of the very iconic memes that Joel was talking about earlier. It's kind of wide eyed, open mouth, Nicolas Cage dressed as a priest. Um, and <laughs> so, right, so we've got, a, we've got, a, we've got a, a few replies to this one. Uh, first one, your face or mine? buddy (laughs) okay um number two god when will i again make a movie people like take me back to the 90s (laughs) Uh, we got one here um no no not the bees uh oh yesterday i was just kind of uh, talking to us before if we conclude this one uh ouch this altar boy got braces Ozzy was no, you can't. <laughs> Ozzy said yes. Edit that shit. Oh, this big edited. And the last one is why do I keep standing on crucifixes? <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Oscar boy option. <laughs> okay, wait, what, what, what one? What one? Do you reckon, guys? 
I like the crucifix as one of them. Yeah, yeah, it's, like the, it's the right face for that. It's yeah. Okay, crucifix. Crucifixes. Well. I'll go with the majority. Okay. I'm uh, not editing the other one out, though. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, okay, so congratulations, uh, Bake Podcast or B A Y K Podcast, because uh, you've just won yourselves a flipping Freddo bar. Well Woo! done, guys. Uh, right. So, and before we call a close to everything, just to say that we have picked the next film out of the hat at random. So, the next film that we're going to review is The Dark Knight. Ooh. Right, and we've also picked the roles out at random. Uh, in the role of prosecution, we've got Alex again, man. Oh, hello. <laughs> not a good look, not a good run uh, lately, have you? Um, in the role of defense, we've right. got... <laughs> 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 in the role of defense, we've got me. Uh, in the role of um, character witness, we've got uh, Captain Dave. And in the role of judge, we've got Joel. I, I'm going to just... Oh, fucking <laughs> hell, what? Are you serious? <laughs> Let's just do it quickly now, shall we? <laughs> I'm going to hesitate guessing. We can say that oh, one's going to be a hit. <laughs> All I'm going to do is count how many explosions with the film. Oh, <laughs> anyway, and our, our, as always, our good friend Austin will be on hand to lend a bit of uh, opinion uh, uh, here and there. Um, so just before we wrap things up, we just want to say thank you very, very much to everybody who's listened to this episode and every other one of our episodes. Uh, if you want to listen to any of our backdated stuff or any of our future episodes, you can catch them on our website, filmsontrial.co.uk. Or you can catch them on iTunes and a number of other um, podcasting platforms. Uh, also, you can follow us on Twitter at Film Trials. Uh, so why not suggest some films to be put into the hat? We will definitely put them into the hat. We've got a few at the moment, but we want lots more. Uh, also, while you're there, why not follow our good friends Austin Ray and Winston Sang at Aussie Ray and at the underscore quirks, respectively. And also, you can check us out on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, Films on Trial. So, uh, we will be with you next week with The Dark Knight. So, until then, we'll be in your ears. Goodbye. (laughs) 